Why do you say that, Father? You aren't afraid, are you? No. But I respect some of the superstitions of others. Often they are founded in fact. Broadcasting from our Sanctum Sanctorum in Venice, California, this is the Sixth Sense Society. I'm your host, Krista, here with our producer, Michael, and today we welcome back artist, writer, entrepreneur, Humberto Braga, and he's going to talk about his new project, Guide True, but first we have some announcements. Hey, everybody, and uh, thanks again for all the support. We really love having you guys, and we hope we're doing a good job entertaining you and bringing you some really great guests, and we're definitely having a lot of fun with the show. So if that counts for anything, then I think we're doing well, um, and we really look forward to it every week, and we're so happy that you guys love to join us as well. Um, please subscribe. Um, it helps us a lot on YouTube, so click that button. And uh, we've got some great shows coming up next month in April. We're, our first week, we have author of Haunted by History, Craig Owens, who's been here before, and he's a lot of fun, just an incredible wealth of information on a lot of different places. Um, the following week, we have my good friend and lodge brother, Ray Davies, and he's going to be talking about Freemasonry. And he's a very entertaining guy, so we're looking forward to that show. And then the third guest in April, Renee Starr, is a, a witch and very pagan type of person. And we're going to do a show on magic for all you occult people out there. And she's awesome. So tune in for that one as well. Um, get all the information on our website, sixcentsociety.com. And it's S-I-X-T-H. It's all spelled out. So sixcentsociety.com. And, and uh, let us know if you have any suggestions. And we're happy to implement them and make the show even better. But uh, we, we love you guys, and we just want you to have a lot of fun with us. So with that, I'm going to kick it back to you guys, and I'm really looking forward to Humberto. He's been a good friend of ours for many, many, many years now, and he's got a really fascinating project. So I think we're going to have a really interesting time talking to him. So take it away, guys. Great. Thank you, Michael, and welcome back to the show. Thanks, Krista. Thanks, Michael. Talk and we, we enjoyed you when you came on. It was in September that you came on, and we talked about higher consciousness. Yeah, that was a great talk. So that was. So this is connected. This is topic. Huge. Yep. So let's get started with it. Uh, so you have a project you've been working on for quite a while called Guide True. So yep. why don't you talk a little bit about what it is? Sure. Um, well, first of all, let's talk about why it is. Okay. Uh, I think that a lot of people don't realize that one out of five people in America have a mental disorder of some sort, right? And that's a conservative estimate. Um, personally, I feel like, you know, there's a quote by Krishnamurti, it's no measure of health to be well-adjusted to a profoundly sick society. I think there's a lot of things we need to be looking at as a culture. Um, and so that inspired me to create Guide True because what it is, it's a platform that connects people with wellness practitioners and their content. And it's all custom matched. You know, I don't know if you've ever tried to find someone who can help you, like a, a therapist or a spiritual guide or, you know, something for women's issues or trans issues or whatever the case may be for your particular wellness. What, you know, it's so hard to find the right person. It's worse than dating. You know, mm -hmm. you spend so much time, money, and energy that you it's become so daunting you don't want to even try it. So what Guide True does is it automatically connects you to the right resources and saves you that trouble. Yeah, that's really important because I've certainly had that experience with um, being matched with uh, maybe someone not right for me, not necessarily a, a bad professional. Uh, also, there's a couple stories from working at the Mystic Journey bookstore. I remember... One time uh, there was uh, a client came in and specifically had asked for uh, a tarot card reading, but the person at the front just decided to send the person into someone who was a healer and did no cards at all. And soon, very soon, the person came out really upset. And then it was not fair to the practitioner who was actually very good at what she did, but it just wasn't the right fit. And of course, who knows, the client probably went off and said some bad things. So, you know, it, it can seem like, you know, you're helping and and when you're really not, and it's it's not fair to anyone, whether it's the practitioner or the client. Absolutely. And the beautiful thing about Guide True is that there are fail-safes for the practitioner too, where we 
can, where you're allowed to have people can contact you through Guide True for free. And this is all for free, by the way. And so what they can do is they can contact you because they know who you are. They've been matched to you specifically for their needs. So you're getting clients custom matched and delivered to you that are sincere about what you offer and who want to go deeper. So how does it work in terms of how do you match the people? Are there questionnaires or? Yeah. So there's a 30 uh, question questionnaire. And what it does is it takes you through all these different aspects of life. And then we calculate your total percentage, your wellness score. And every practitioner has specialties and they have content that they submit that has, you know, assigned a different, you know, specialties. Like, let's say you submitted something and it was in regards to spirituality, but also metaphysics and esotericism. Mm -hmm. And let's say there's a person who really wants to get into self-work, but they're really fascinated by esotericism. You know, they want to go deeper in that vein. Then you would automatically connect to them because they would have that desire to mm. go deeper there. So we automatically connect you. And that's sort of a simplified view of it all. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's it works phenomenally, and uh, it's something that nobody else is doing. So it needs to it needs to happen. So it's amazing that you're offering the site for free. Yeah. Uh, so how can you do this for yourself? You mean how can I create it for free, yeah. or how can people join? For yeah, free? like how how do you, how will you be able to um, use this as a business model for yourself? Sure. So at first, um, the way I see this being created is that when practitioners um, are selling their content, it's on a freemium basis. So you can give away, you know, your content for free, but let's say you have um, sort of uh, a class module that you wanna sell, mm -hmm. and say it costs $10. Then you would get $9 of that, and we would get a dollar, you know, we'd split that, and that's how we make profit. Mm -hmm. And then for, I think about a year from now, once we launch, then we're gonna have free open enrollment for practitioners, and then we're gonna step it up. And then we're going to have, you know, a, sort of like a, a plus package for practitioners where we give them certain added bonuses right. for them to sign up. Right. So maybe they get a different form of marketing or... They get more enhanced marketing. They're going to have more uh, background checks uh, for them. So they're more like guide true verified. So mm -hmm. we can verify certifications, which by the way, practitioners don't need certifications. You know, having mm -hmm. a license doesn't mean you're going to be a great anything. You know, a lot of the times it's... Uh, it's really the wisdom of people, but we do want to make sure that people's credentials are in line and they're not faking anything. Uh, and there's going to be a whole host of other benefits as well. This is an odd aside, but I just found out that coroners, coroners don't have to have any kind of medical background. Really? Yeah, they're elected. A sheriff was a coroner. It, it's, a big, it's a big deal. They're talking about what's happening with bodies and death and things on one of these specials and they i was shocked they didn't have to have any kind of forensic or medical background i could go and become a coroner what so it's amazing what is licensed that really isn't appropriate <laughs> when you I, I i would have never known that yeah. except for the news report i saw definitely so we need better oversight yeah. um with coroners but also yeah. practitioners <laughs> too which is also why we have our site community rated so if Let's say someone wants to give you a rating. First of all, you have to confirm that they've done a reading with you. So it's not anyone can just spam you. Right. But then you'll be able to get community ratings as well. So people know that you're legit. So let's say, uh, okay, the rating system, I'm kind of mixed about myself um, mm -hmm. based on, uh, I would say, looking at reviews. And uh, sometimes you can tell someone is particularly picky by the review itself. So what if they did get a reading, but what if they slant it? What if they only say a certain aspect of, of the reading and it's not a full representation? Will the practitioner have a chance to at least address it? Yes, you can reply. Um, we also monitor people who give consistently low reviews to make sure they're not ah. trolling people. Uh, and when we do that, we can review their reviews and determine whether or not it's abuse mm -hmm. or if it's going against our community guidelines and we can put the kibosh on that. That's excellent because uh, there are people like that. I, I've noticed yeah. from if you go and look at their reviews, uh, they'll review everything poorly. Mm -hmm. And you just kind of wonder. They're just either like very critical people or they're trolling. So. They're, they're in pain. And we understand that. Yeah. When people are seeking wellness, there's a lot of people in pain. And yeah, we, we have fail for that. So we want everyone to feel like they're protected and included and supported. So tell us a little bit about your own experience looking for practitioners yourself and what you know, obviously it inspired you to to do this. Yeah. Um, I think for myself, I, I never knew what it is that bothered me so much. And, you know, through years, I figured out what it was. But 
it was so nebulous and connected to other things that I'd never really knew how to put my finger on it. And I had spent so much, again, time and energy, you know, looking into these self-help books and these online courses and traveling here for a workshop and going to this specialist. And, you know, I just figured there had to be a better way. And I don't know, one day it just kind of hit me. And I just realized that nobody was doing this and it needed to be done. Um, and it's just something that I wish that I would have had um, because when I first formulated it and did it on myself, um, you know, it pointed, it everything calculated perfectly to fit my profile as I saw it. And by the way, the wellness score is based very much on your subjective, uh, it's a mixture of subjective and, and objectivity. So nobody is saying what you as a wellness, as in your peak form of wellness should be. Mm -hmm. It's really dependent on what makes you happy. Mm. You know, um, there are some objective measurements on there uh, in terms of like if you're abusing heroin, then obviously that's not optimal health at all. Um, but for the most part, it's really, you know, contingent on a person's own well-being because we all are very different. Mm -hmm. Our wellness journey is very particular. So I needed to create something that was very unique in that regard that calculated all that for each person individually. And that's what I came with. It, it, I looked at it um, briefly, and it seems like you have a very broad definition of wellness, which I really like, actually, so that you're looking at not just mental health, but physical health, financial health. Existential, psychological, social. So yeah. it's, it's in a way, it's, it's part of that higher consciousness that of trying to address the whole human being. Absolutely. Yeah. And it leaves room for a lot of things in there when people get their personality breakdown you're going to see that underneath the section there's subsections and they can see what it is that comprises all those things and they can also do different uh check-ins as time goes on so they can see their progress and we can track it for them so that way also when you go to the practitioner mm -hmm. and let's say you really want to go in depth with them and usually it takes two or three sessions to give them your whole story like you know this is what happened to me when I was three, and this is the medications I've been on, this is my history. And by then you've spent like $500 just telling them your backstory. Well, with our assessment, you tell us all that stuff. And then if you decide to, you can share it with that practitioner, save yourself 500 bucks right off the bat. All right, from the very beginning. Yeah, they can just read your profile and like, oh, okay, this is what's going on with them. This is where they're progressing. Got it, boom, and then go right into it. That is really helpful because that is, and some people have a pretty in-depth backstory. Absolutely. All the Something. things that they've done. And so uh, you're launching this pretty soon. Is yes. that correct? It's going to be available. Uh, we're looking mid-spring. Mm -hmm. And then from there, we have uh, the, the testing that's open to practitioners. We're going to be mostly focusing on getting people involved, contributing content, and be on the front lines of being seen the most, getting the most exposure. And then towards the end of spring, then we're going to uh, really work on marketing towards everyone so everyone can jump in. So in, in regards to the contributing content, is there going, I assume that you're going to have a way to sort of see what people are posting in case there's any kind of radical, fanatical um, written book or uh, that someone's trying to get through, you know, uh, that might not be healthy for anybody. Sure. Yeah. Again, what we do is we, we have people who check the content um, and then we also have people who can report content that goes and violates community standards. And that's, again, where accountability is a big thing for us. So if people have an objection to it, they can let us know. We'll check it right away, and we'll take it down if need be. Mm. That's very cool, too. So um, let's maybe give a couple of examples of how it's actually going to work. So I let's say I'm a masseuse, and I, I go in, and I how would I sign up? Well, you just go to guidetrue.com, mm -hmm. and then what you would do is you enter as a practitioner, and they ask you your basic information, you know, name, phone number, uh, address, which doesn't need to be public. You know, you can hide your address and your contact information so people can only contact you through Guide True, so you're not getting harassed by random people. And then you would talk about your specialties. Uh, if you want to, you can put in your, you know, your sexuality or your beliefs, because some people, you know, they want to work. Let's say that I was a, a Buddhist transsexual, right? And I wanted a person who was also a Buddhist transsexual who could understand where I'm coming from then you can increase your chances of being matched with people like that. Um, but those details don't need to be public. Those are all just people who want to match with you. So um, it, so we, you see what you're doing and what you hope to sort of begin. And, and how 
big do you th think this could be? Obviously, it could be international because it's on, you know, the, the web. And is that going to be part of your strategy? Are you going to want to market in different ways in other countries? And I'll give you an example why. I have um, a couple clients, like one of the, the interesting, I would say, dilemmas coming up for some of my foreign clients is what languages to put their modules in. Mm -hmm. So they'll, do I do two languages? Do I do an English one or in a Czech one? And do I do it on one website? So this is coming up a little bit more, which is kind of exciting because it's showing that we're thinking about the language differences. Yeah. And what have you thought about those kinds of things too in terms of marketing? Absolutely. So at first we're gonna go with English speaking. Since this is just the, you know, the first version, we're gonna go with English. And I like to just count on the fact that most modern internet browsers can translate for you mm -hmm. uh, with Google Translate. So if you need to, Obviously we have video, we have audio as well, so we can't translate those right off the bat, but English is gonna be first and foremost where it starts. And then after that, we're gonna to listen to the user feedback and hear what people want the most and give it to them. So one of the areas that could be very interesting in terms of how other countries perceive things would be any sort of wellness around sexuality. Mm -hmm. Because it seems for my, uh, maybe just more experiential that there's different uh, countries have different views of sexuality that are more open and some that are not so open. So how would you address something like that if you have, you know, practitioners that are working with sexuality in different capacities? Sure. Uh, I think that's where personal responsibility of the practitioner comes in, where you need to not be dogmatic about what you think sexuality should be, you know, whether you're espousing the benefits of monogamy or polygamy or whatever the case may be. Um, just being very clear and as objective as possible. So people aren't going on, they're just giving out a personal tirade. You know, um, I think it's important for people to recognize that sexuality, you know, the, it's it's something that's very personal and subjective to people. It's a place where they can express a certain part of themselves uh, in a certain way. And not everyone, again, has their own unique way of approaching it. And that's, again, where our foundation of wellness is. We're all very unique and we all have our personal ways of getting to wellness. That's really true. Um, so you mentioned earlier about the community guidelines. Is uh, Do you have like an ethical side to that guideline? Uh, yeah. What is it even? Could you give us some idea of some of the guidelines that you already have in mind? Sure. They're, they're pretty simple um, in terms of, you know, no using profanity or explicit vulgar images or video um, because, you know, you don't know who's watching and who's, you know, you want to be polite but also treating people with respect and kindness and consideration. You know, all that's listed out there, um, not attacking people, um, you know, just basic codes of human decency. So, yeah, that's going to be very interesting because I, I think that's probably one of the biggest problems online is the way people communicate. Mm -hmm. And even... Um, in small sarcastic ways, which I think people think they can get away with, and they do for a while, but it it, it really, I feel it erodes uh, relationships that on a very subtle level. So we obviously can tell the big ugly attacks, mm -hmm. but there are other ways that people sort of try to undermine people by by like I said, sort of a sarcasm or always going on. Like one of the things I notice is sometimes people always like that that negative comment is always, no matter what you say, that same person repeating that. And of course they're ill. Of course they're ill. But at the same time it's 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 an interesting dilemma as to how do you handle that compassionately? Mm -hmm. Do you let a person go again, we're looking at more of the subtle forms that people try to Sure. It, it, I guess, you know, attack. It's a, it's a, not the direct ones. Yeah, they're looking for a way to vent their pain mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. Um, and again, this is this comes to down to practitioner impeccability and accountability again. You know, you have to understand that it's not personal against you. And this is just a person trying to get their needs met, whether it's someone seeing them in their pain or them feeling like they have some sort of significance by expressing their opinion about something, mm -hmm. even though it's not true. Um, yeah, it just comes down to practitioners knowing themselves, knowing that they have to be professional. And if it goes, you know, over the line or if they do it too many times, we're looking at it and we're going to crack down if need be. So what about the idea, as you were saying that I was thinking about one of the areas all, all sort of healers need is support for themselves, but they don't always know how to do it just for working in the healing 
business yeah. and that kind of, you know, burnout that everyone can get. So is that, would they then just have to figure that out themselves or would you consider even offering some kind of a service for practitioners only that want support for that kind of a situation? And it depends on what they burn out from. Um, I think that a lot of practitioners, they burn out because they're trying to market themselves and be their own accountant and talk about, you know what I mean? And trying to learn right. all these different things. Uh, and Guide True does a lot of that for you. So we're doing your advertising and we're doing it strategically. We're giving you clientele. We're giving you control over your business. We're giving you a source of passive income from selling your content. Um, and, you know, you have a streamlined business when people are giving you their personal assessment. So you're saving all that time and energy too. So there's a lot of benefits that we're giving practitioners to make their job a heck of a lot easier. Um, beyond that, I'd like to expand into helping practitioners create content more effectively and strategically mm -hmm. based on a lot of the research I've done with a lot of social media experts, um, but also not losing their personal voice and learning how to manage their time more effectively, because I think that's a big issue too. And I think that's part of wellness as well. You know. Um, having that job um that job security and competence is a big part of your financial aspect too uh in in terms of wellness so there's going to be room for business coaches to chime in too and financial coaches and productivity coaches you know mm -hmm. there's room for all that on guide true so hopefully people will come in and do the work for us you know Absolutely. And, and well, so let's say it sounds like a great idea and it sounds like because it's free, you can have a lot of people sign up. Mm -hmm. Do you think that as it gets more popular, it would water down the amount somebody could make as a practitioner or because of your ability to hone into their specialties and their own talents? Do you think that really matters in the long run? I think people shouldn't underestimate that there are people out there that want to hear what you have to say the way you say it. You know, I can't tell you how many fitness people there are online, you know, how many fitness coaches, how many tarot readers there are around the world. They're all doing great. You know, like they're all, they all have their slice of the pie, so to speak. So nobody's going to consolidate all one piece because we're all, again, so unique. So we don't have to worry about that. Um, so I encourage people to really just, you know, don't worry about, um, oh, am I putting out something that's totally unique and has someone else talked about this? Talk about it in your own way that makes sense to you, that you're passionate about, that you feel called to, and the rest will unfold from there. You know, you never know who's watching, who's listening, and who's waiting to hear from you the way you have to say it. Well, that is true that I do feel like one of the, the goals of all healers is to connect with the right people. And to, to do that, I feel it is good to know yourself and be authentic. At the same time, from maybe doing tarot card readings for over 20 years, there are a lot of, all I can say, I can only talk about tarot. There are a lot of tarot card readers out there that really aren't doing that great because I don't think they have honed their talents. Mm -hmm. And I know there are some ways you're not going to be able to, anyone can do tarot. There's no licensing. But obviously, if if you're not great at it, you're not going to, or, or if you don't get better at it, let's say, everybody starts at some level where they can grow, then you're not going to be able to keep people coming back, which is part of any wellness's um, success yeah. is, is that. If, if you're not practicing, then you're going to do great for where you're at. You know, if it's day one, then obviously you're not going to be amazing, but you're doing great for day one, mm -hmm. you know, even if you're not full of success as you want it to be. So yeah, it, it comes down to just putting in the time and effort. So I just wanted to make it clear to everyone that from what I understand, you uh, if I become part of your uh, website, the free part, I still get all the money for the clients that come, which Absolutely. is very generous. Yep. And that's, that is an unusual model. And I like that there's a model for success for everybody, mm -hmm. which of course, I, I remember one of the things I, I remember reading, I read a couple of Napoleon Hill's books and late in life, actually. And the first one I read was Outwitting the Devil, which is such a fascinating book. And the, the most interesting thing about him is, is in the beginning, he says, you always have to give things away. He, he has an amazing story. He actually paid someone to learn from them. And he said that if he did well, then you would pay me this salary, the same amount of salary, like three months later. It was some you know, executive and he wanted to be 
his mentor. So he paid him. This was like a long time ago, like 1900s. Mm-hmm. So he has, he has an unusual view of success in that way that you give away a lot. And I think that there is truth to that. There, there's that idea of like, you know, maybe giving too much sometimes of your and not getting money back. But one of the things I'm noticing about um, our society now is people want to be paid for every little thing they do. Yeah. <laughs> and, it's, and it's so bad because it discourages people from even wanting to take that step towards, you know, building something of themselves online, you know, because it's so convoluted and you feel like you're getting cheated in every aspect. Yeah, I think. Like just let people get better and let the results speak for themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, we can t- like it on a basic level. I'm going to get so fired up about this because it really bothers me. <laughs> like you look at all these different like call in and give us what is it like better help. And I shouldn't even name names, but, you know, like all these uh, online therapy things, you have to give hundreds of dollars per month to talk to random people who don't even know you don't know your backstory and you never get the same. Like it's such a fragmented way of doing it. And then everyone's trying to take dollars from you from both sides. And it's like the world needs to get better. Like just make it, just connect people, let the magic happen, and then have that be free on a base level. Then on top of that, provide even more value, mm-hmm. you know. And then for that extra value where you really go the extra mile, then you can say, okay, we need to support ourselves while we're supporting you even better. So that's where you need to make that fair exchange. But yeah, I, it frustrates the heck out of me when I see people <laughs> trying to nickel and dime everyone for everything. Michael has a commoner question, I think. Yeah, a couple things. Um, you're talking about, you know, giving things away. I'm thinking about our show here. We've been doing this now for well over a year and have yet to see a dime from it. But we love it, you know, where it's a passion project at this point. And it'd be nice somewhere to, to make a couple of dollars off it eventually, at least pay for some of our costs for our equipment. But, um, but you know, I'm a big believer. We, Christian and I have always been that you don't be governed by every little penny or dollar. You know, you, you try and do something you love, you do it because you love it. And you just kind of, you know, make it happen. And and that's kind of what we do. Um, And then the other thing, you know, talking about your business model and and why I think it's amazing is the, um, I don't know if you know this, but some of the psychic hotlines for for readers and stuff, they take, what is it, Chris? It's about like 80 or 90% Uh, or something. I won't name it, but I was going to actually do it. And I looked at the contract. They would take, it was like 72%. Jeez. I am not. I I couldn't. I I just couldn't believe it. That's worse it. than a pimp. Yeah, it was. Jeez. I said I'd rather work at McDonald's. It's more honest. Wow. Yeah, and here the here yeah. the reader is putting in all this time and effort and energy to help people, and the 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 psychic network is making all the money, and and you're working for probably minimum wage, which I, I think is a bit outrageous. And again, I, I think that there's room. I think everybody needs to make a profit, but. Um, I think that, you know, maybe I'm too Canadian, maybe I'm a bit too socialist, but I, I think there are ways to do things where it's win-win for everyone. And and unfortunately, in maybe the American society, that model doesn't happen as often as it should. So, And this is why I love Humberto, because I think we're kindred spirits in this way. I think that, yeah. that the model you're, just, you're describing sounds a lot like being home in Canada to me and some of that evil socialism that we have north of the border. So, <laughs> well, so good Wisconsin, for you. So maybe it rubbed off on me just being I next to you. That. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, and I mean, I, as a woman, I do have to be a little careful with uh, overgiving. So one of the mm. things in the very beginning is people used to want to barter with me things I didn't need. <laughs> and I would, <laughs> and, and uh, it's one thing to barter and you really, and also having feeling it's a fair barter. But I also got burned by one of the worst barters was someone who was going to just do some pictures for me. And um, I gave her like basically $200 worth of readings and she didn't, she just disappeared. And I was so amazed and I I just was so, my innocence was a little like tampered with that. So with bartering and as a woman, I I do, I I feel sometimes I have to be careful with people taking advantage of my uh, generosity, maybe especially in Los Angeles, to be honest. I, I think Los Angeles is a whole nother ball game when it comes to being eaten alive that way. It really wasn't like that anywhere else I've lived. <laughs> yeah. so there, there's, there's just so much like I've got to survive and I, you know, I have to do this unconsciously with people. And certainly we have friends now that, that you know, we've been here long enough that are not like that. But it uh, wasn't like that in the beginning. You know, there's a lot of using going on or people misleading you with saying, I'm going to give you this if you give me that. Yeah. And that's important to know, too, that. When it comes to being a practitioner, it's important that you set your boundaries and establish the value of your work. 
Like this is what I deserve to be paid. And with Guy True, you can set the session price. Mm-hmm. You can talk about if you want to do a sliding scale and then people can search for you, you know, or if you take insurance, what kind of insurance you take, all that's covered. So that way you don't have to bother with all that. You set your terms, you set your prices, what you deserve, and then GuideTrue will take care of the rest. So for instance, if you're setting prices, would GuideTrue have a mechanism to say what kind of pr- price do you want to pay for this? Would you search under a certain price and I'm yes, looking for a masseuse exactly. that's not more than this amount? Yep. And you can do it per hour or per session. Um, yeah. And you can look under insurance, whether they take it or not. That's great. I mean, the insurance part too, is because some do, you can get some great, you know, things with insurance and... Yep. So that, that definitely saves a lot for people. And, yep. you know, and sometimes people that even have a lot of money are on a budget. So, mm-hmm. you know, and then some people, money isn't a problem. I, you know, some people never even ask how Absolutely. much it is. So. Yeah. And if people connect with you personally, I think there's a value to that. You know, like, don't be afraid to set your price to what you deserve. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, again, if someone finds you and really connects with you, like, don't undersell yourself. That means the world to people. Mm-hmm. Well, early on when I was having trouble figuring out what to charge, uh, Michael gave me some good advice. He said, you know, each person has to kind of wrestle with that Mm -hmm. and you have to decide, am I going to do sliding scale? Am I going to have a set hourly rate? What is that until you feel comfortable? And I often get questions from uh, my clients who want to be a practitioner of some kind about what to charge. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it's a very common dilemma. And I, I think sometimes what some people do, they just look at what, well, this person got $1,000 an hour. And you can tell they're not comfortable with that because why are they asking me? So we go through the reading and see what you know the cards say. But I, I find that that's actually a common dilemma for at least someone that I think has some good intentions. They, mm-hmm. they want to do something that they're comfortable with. Yeah. They don't want to be taken advantage of, but they don't want to you know, be you know, gouging people. Yeah. It, it depends on what you're looking to get. Yeah. I think it's nice, you know, while it's good to stand up for yourself, it's also, you know, don't go crazy, but also start approachable. And then as the demand increases, then you raise your price. And depending on what kind of value you give people, you just see what the market wants. Basic economics. Mm-hmm. So when they go to look on the site too, will there be, um, you know, so I assume it'd be like little categories of that so people can easily find, like I'm looking for a reflexologist or yep. I really want a chiropractor or no, mm-hmm. I want an astrologer. Yep. And um, so that's really very good. So how are you uh, reaching out to people, practitioners to join uh, Guide True? Are you doing it on Instagram or? I'm doing a really big push on LinkedIn. And I find that people on LinkedIn are a lot more sincere and professional when it comes to the representation and their integrity and submitting work and networking. I'm also connecting with a lot of, uh, I've been gifted to know a lot of practitioners in real life Mm -hmm. since, you know, obviously working with Mystic Journey, being on my own healing practice, having a lot of amazing practitioner friends, having them spread the word. Mm -hmm. So we're really just going about it uh, strategically on social media and then also reaching out to different organizations and letting them know about the opportunities and yeah, just spreading the word however we can. Wow, that's really, really good. So you're feeling there's a good response right now? It's been a great response. So far, we've gotten, whew, I'd say over a thousand um, practitioners that are positive. And that's just within the last three months, I'd say. Mm-hmm. So it's been a really good response so far. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And is everyone seeming very excited about the concept? Do you get personal? Yeah, I get a lot of people come up and just like, so how are you making money off of this? Like, that's the first <laughs> question. It's like, can't you just enjoy the fact that it's all free? But I get it, though. There's a lot of suspicion around it, and everyone wants to know what's the catch here, you know? Well, because there often are. Even I, I had to go I twice, you. and I trust you. I knew, and I yeah. said, I must be reading this wrong. I was like, I'm reading it wrong. There must be little... And and because there are sometimes, like, hidden catches, or they're going to, like, only do it for 30 days, or, you know, so... But I, I think your model is brilliant, because it's going to allow for both, you know? Yeah. And it... it and it's going to be, you know, have the things that will entice people to want to put more content up or get the, you know, more expensive package because it'll benefit them. Mm-hmm. I, and I come from this as a person who's done my own sessions as a practitioner. You know, uh, I really feel like what we need to do is deliver value as much as possible. That's the bottom line. Like, just give, give, give. Like, I've never read Napoleon Hill, but I totally understand what you just said. Like, just keep giving. Uh, there's a social media uh, guy who I know, uh, Gary V. He's very popular. And his whole thing is like, just give, give, give. And 
that's that's the whole point. You know, nobody's nobody's going on Instagram to see you brag about yourself. You have to give them some kind of value. It's the same with Guide True. You have to help people and do it in a way that is very profound, that really comes from an authentic place. And that's where you're going to see returns back to you. And same with us. Like we just give you all the tools you need to succeed. And by you succeeding, we all succeed. Mm-hmm. It just seems very simple to me. Well, I, I think it's brilliant too, like Michael said. And and the bragging thing, unfortunately, that is a huge issue with practitioners of all kinds. I, I still can't quite get over it. And they and some of them do have a fairly significant following. Now, I don't know if it translates into money. That's the thing I'm learning. Mm-hmm. I am learning that you can look at someone's, uh, and this is more from talking to people that have a fairly good following and they're not making as much money as I thought they would. So evidently, and they're legitimate followers. They're not bought. Mm-hmm. And evidently that doesn't mean those people, even if they're getting a lot of interaction, are able to sell their work. But it is, it's not an uncommon way for... Uh, I think it's a generational. I'm going to say the ones I notice it are maybe under 40 mm-hmm. that have this, oh, look what I can do and look at what I did. And, you know, and I remember when I was going to readers when I was younger, I don't remember anyone like that. And again, it was a different world because they didn't, most readers of any kind, spiritual readers or astrology, they were not making tons of money. <laughs> and I guess it's that, but I think it's an ego thing too. It's an ego to, I am a spiritual teacher has for some people, this ego uh, push. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a fine line with that. You're totally right. I think on the one side, it can be very ego driven um, and, you know, narcissistic to a point of fault. But at the same time, I really appreciate, I've kind of worked through my own shadow with that. And now when I see practitioners do that, I think to myself, well, hey, maybe this person who is now really brazen with themselves, maybe they had crippling self-esteem issues. Maybe they were berated for their body when they were a child. And now that they're an adult, they're really celebrating themselves. And by doing that, they're giving a permission slip to other people to say, you know what? I'm okay. I can speak about about how much I love myself, how amazing I am, because we can all share that together. And maybe it gives someone else a permission slip too. So it's a fine line. I like to give them the benefit of the doubt and I see where my own shadow kind of gets in where, you know, sometimes I want to judge that person for being too showy or, you know. But, I, I, I don't mind judging them at all. I don't think it's a shadow thing. I, I, here's why. If I'm going to go to someone in wellness, I want to know that person genuinely is thinking about me. There mm-hmm. is ways more subtle to celebrate your talents. Mm-hmm. And to show your work, like I have no problem with people showing their work. I mean, whatever it is, like here's my new book and here's an excerpt from my video for this. And, you know, I got this great review from the New York Times, something with clout. Sure. Uh, I think that it's uh, a dangerous zone for wellness practitioners to brag too much because it, it is a shadow. And yes, we have to integrate these parts of ourselves. Uh, and there's, I've also perhaps been overly fortunate to meet true masters like my buddhist teacher there's no doubt he's a very was a very he died recently was very rare person and i just fumbled on him he always made fun of himself but when it came to the teachings and to delivering he was never never messing around you know and he took that very seriously and he wanted you to take it very seriously and he represented his work brilliantly and by how how well he had it memorized, by the dignity, it came through that way, and it honestly seems to have a bigger mark on me than mm-hmm. the the kind of glamour, showy kind of energy. Hundred percent. I always looked at the spiritual masters, you know, like Osho, Krishnamurti, Gurdjieff. I'm like, okay, I know who you are when the camera is on. I know who you are when you know that you're going to talk. I want to see who you are when you lose your lid. You know, like when you flip out. Like, who are you really? And I think that's the problem with a lot of people on social media. If you're authentic and you share when you're not doing well, mm-hmm. how you overcome your own battles, you're not all dolled up with makeup and the lighting is just right. And you know what I mean? Be real. Share your journey, not just the highlights. I agree. And I think that people that, to me, are effective are, like you said, they're being who they are. They're being 
the authentic person. They're not trying to be a certain kind of a teacher or look yes. a certain way. And you know, they do have a natural branding then because no one can really mm -hmm. imitate. Once you find your own voice, you are unique. Yep. And and that is very important, which is that, uh, have you ever read um, The 50th Law, Robert Greene? Oh, yeah. Isn't that a great book? That's a crazy book. Yeah. He has a crazy story in there. I mean, when he was shot, you know, and... Mm -hmm. Uh, but that, I, I'm reading Robert Greene backwards. <laughs> it's like I, I didn't read The 48 Laws of Power. I'm starting kind of going backwards. He has mm -hmm. such great books. But that 50th law is um, basically be yourself. Yeah. You know, nobody can be quite like you. Mm -hmm. And so it seems what's remarkable is I think that you get that. And that means the way you would market people would be to show their unique strengths. And mm -hmm. that would draw in the right people. Yeah. The other thing that's very interesting, I notice on my bio People like the little things that make you unique. So, for instance, I put on my bio that I went to school at NYU, but I went into a, um, a very innovative program called the Gallatin Division. And it, basically, you got to design your own um, program. And we had this oral exam. It's a, it's a great program. And it was really at very early stages, I think. I didn't know it when I went to NYU. I transferred from Duke. And um, one of my clients that I have now, she noticed that I went to the Gallatin division of NYU. She said, you went there? And I said, yeah, yeah, I did that. And it really made her feel more comfortable with me. And I, I thought, wow, even those little things that you put on about yourself are important. You never know. Because it made, you know, that connection, like she felt a connection and, and a little bit of safety. I feel, when I meet people from Wisconsin, when I'm out here. Yeah. You know, like, where are you from? Like from the Midwest. I'm like, hey, I'm from Milwaukee. They're like, <laughs> no kidding. And they just open up because there's something connected about that. It's important. It is. It, 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 it is. And I, I think that's one of the amusing things I have found uh, about... Uh, the, writing a bio or profile about yourself as as a reader is sometimes those little things that people really relate to much more than you would think. You think, oh, it's because you've read tarot for 20 years. Nope, it's because I went to the Gallatin division. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> little things matter. <laughs> they do. So uh, let's say you're doing this for, you know, the next five years or so. Do you have any other plans that you think this could lead to? Do you have any other larger visions associated with this concept? I do. Um, I would like to keep a lot of those under wraps for now. So I can't really talk about the larger strategy because I just don't want to give it away for obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. um, but I would eventually like to have Guide True be like a brand, like a home for people to come to that they can trust and, you know, reach out in different ways to help people. Um, yeah. So we plan on expanding. Can't really extrapolate on how I'm going to do that mm -hmm. uh, because I definitely don't want to put the cart in front of the horses. Sure. But there's definitely a lot of expansion, a lot of room for opportunity and growth for everyone. So you had mentioned uh, you're a practitioner. Yeah. And what are you doing right now currently? So I do my own tarot readings and I also give body work mm -hmm. as well. And I do a little bit of wellness coaching on my own because through my own journey with CPTSD, from childhood and healing and getting into massage and learning about the somatic uh, importance. Uh, I just want to give that to people and I don't push it. Like I'm not, I'm not that guy. I usually do graphic design and more artwork mm -hmm. and that's what I do for a living. But for the very select people that I do work with, we like to go deep because I know they're sincere. You know, I don't want to waste my time with a person who wants to book just for one week and then I never hear from them again or because they're not, really interested in going deep. Um, yeah, I'm more in, interested in more in-depth stuff. So I never thought I was going to be doing this, by the way. Like being a C, like what? Being Building a business? I'm not a business guy. I like <laughs> art. I like crazy esoteric stuff. But, mm -hmm. you know, it's just, it, I've, I have the life path 22, I guess. So I have to do this. Oh, Michael has a 22 life path. Yeah. Yeah, and I am uh, 44. Nice. So this is we're coming late to the game. Yeah. With the building a bigger thing. That's all right. All great things take time. I'm definitely a late bloomer. Yeah. I didn't know what I wanted to do until I was 36. I mean, at all, I, I had no concept about um, a career. I was into enlightenment. I was going to get enlightened and write poetry. That's what I was going to do. I've met people who are like well into their 40s who are upset. I'm like, what are you talking about? You have you have decades left. You're a fetus. You're going to look back at yourself when you're 80 and like just kick yourself at how much time you had now. Like you're just getting started. You have to know who you are first before you can really start parading around like this is what I'm going to do. 
I think I've met so many people like money does not equal happiness. You know, thinking who you thinking that you know who you are when you're in your 20s. Like, sure, you know who you are then. But life is like there's a saying by Mike Tyson, like everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. Mm. Like, okay, you think you know what you're going to do. You think you know all about it, but something's going to twist and change. And really, when you're around 30s or so, that's when things start to solidify. And like, all right, this is who I am. This is the way the world works. You know, I've got some years experience under my belt. This didn't work. And then you can move from there. Well, and it's true. You never know exactly when you're going through things, how it's going to help you. Because I have to admit, because I had probably a more turbulent time in relationship than Michael, and I had some experimental things I did. I have very little like judgment about any kind of situation and relationship, but also I can relate to a lot of aspects of things that went wrong and why and and uh, natures and, and talk with people in ways as if I had done some therapy training. And I know, I only know that because therapists tell me that. Like I have, I know a therapist would say that I was better than some therapists she had. And I think it's only because I spent so much time and I did do some kinds of therapy type things, but they were not traditional. I spent so much time dealing with my inner emotions and trying to figure relationships out uh, until I felt, felt I got somewhere having to look at my wounds, having to look at how I chose things. Um, if only I built guy true all those decades ago, I could have <laughs> saved you years. You could. Well, I, I've been very fortunate. I have pretty good instincts about finding help. I don't know why, but I, from the very beginning, even, um, astrologers, every astrologer I went to, um, I have good instincts for that. That's maybe a little bit of a gift of my own to help myself. But in other ways, like I think for masseuse work and things like that now, because it's so big. Mm -hmm. And also you have to remember when I was going through, there weren't as many choices and there's word of mouth was really big Mm -hmm. and it really made or break you, I think. So I think that there's a lot more choices, the good ones too, with the coaches and also financially, I would love to, I know that's an area I would love to improve. And I think that, uh, all of us probably have certain areas, even now, that this would help us with to make it much more effective, not just quicker, but just more effective, more pointed. Absolutely. And yeah. that's what I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, we all need help. If you have a great body, your relationships are slacking. If your relationships are <laughs> slacking, then maybe, you know, your finances are great. And, you know, like there's always something that's kind of like, eh, don't quite have that covered. So, yeah, we all need help with our weak spots. Yeah. And, and, you know, it seems to me, it's also like you were saying, it's more a way of really building a community of people with a certain mindset. And I remember in one of Thich Nhat Hanh's books, he said that he thought the next Buddha would be a collection of people. Mm. I thought that was really very interesting. He thought it was more of like a group Mm-hmm. And that, and and when you think of how big the world is getting in terms of population, maybe he's right. It's a it's a group of a mindset, of people that are kind of trying to live a life that maybe we're very different in personalities and lifestyle, but our consciousness is seeking some of the same things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's a big awakening happening right now. I, we, I, we talked about this a little bit before in our mm-hmm. last session. You know, people talk about oh, the world is getting so bad, but at the same time. We've never seen this kind of conscious awakening before in history so fast, like exponentially. Just it's amazing. So, yeah, I can definitely see how there's and the Hopi Indians talked about it, too. How there's going to be a splitting of humanity, the timelines we're going to split. There's some people who would stay on the you know self-consuming path and there are people who would be rising out of that paradigm. And it's an it's an amazing time. And I like that notion of it's a group of people. We're going to be bringing about a certain amount of enlightenment. And it's true. Nobody can do it themselves. Everything is relationship in this universe. And and what I've noticed about starting when we started this show about a little over a year ago is we are making friends with people in different states that I really do feel a kinship for that I didn't expect from the show. And that we seem to have this kind of vibration that we immediately click, you know, and that's how we'll have, you know, people come back on again because we feel that from the very beginning. And and to be honest, this is the first time that's happened to me um, since technology has gotten so prominent because I've, you know, I've had, I haven't had that happen on Facebook. I haven't had that happen on Instagram, but I have with the show. And, and they're very different kinds of people, different ages, 
And um, that that's very exciting for us. We, we feel like we hit something like that consciousness. Maybe this is what we really are meant to be doing too. Definitely. You never know what happens to you put yourself out there. Yeah. 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 And I, I know when, when Michael and I first decided to do the show, uh, uh, I did not want to do the video. <laughs> like, <laughs> Nobody does. Knows, I know. Yeah, it's like, ah, I know. So Everyone does it. You're like, whatever. You know, it's like it's it and, and people are visual and certainly you can do both. But yeah, it, it's it's important. I think the visual. So we're getting pretty close. We still have a few almost 10 minutes left. But I did want to sort of tell people how they can connect. So your website is guidetrue.com. That's right. And that's the main place to go. And you're also Instagram. Yes, that's the main place to go. Uh, until we launch, we have an alpha version up where you, you can type in dev, D-E-V dot guidetrue dot com. And that'll give you a preview to the preliminary alpha version. That's not public yet, but you can go ahead and play around with it. If you spot anything you want to change or you can think of an improvements or anything like that, feel free to let us know. We have a section on there for giving us feedback. And uh, yeah, have that it. So I noticed you put your like email in when you sign up as a practitioner. Do you get any kind of response back or you can be sure that the email went through? Uh, you're going to have to go back to your email and confirm that okay. it is in fact your right. email and you really do want to start a profile under that account. And we don't spam you. You can choose whether or not you want notifications mm -hmm. when you sign up. Let's say you want, a person messages you, you can choose to get an email notification or not. Uh, it's totally up to you. I don't remember if I did that. I'll have to maybe do it Check again. Check the options. You got a whole lot of fun stuff to explore. Yeah, I don't I don't think I did that part. So if can I go back in and put my email? On a, well, if I've already signed up, I signed I did sign up. Okay. If you signed up, then it should be going to that email that you signed up with. Okay. All right. So I I it, I'm just probably spacing it out, but I don't remember having picking any options. So I must have done something wrong. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, there's an assessment that you can go through. So feel free to go through that. If you have any questions, let me know. Okay. Uh, I, I Maybe I didn't go through that. That um, I went through the website. I didn't go through the mock one. Ah, uh, that's the thing. Yeah. You got to go through the alpha version. Ah. So what you did was you went on there and you just signed up to be notified when yes. we launch. That's what I did. There you go. So can I, I can go to the other one and, and then go through the questionnaires. Yes. Oh. oh, you got good times coming. Yeah. yeah. Okay. No, I, I think because you, you told me about it last time and I saw you, so... So that that and then also you, you they can follow you on Instagram and you do you do a lot of good posts on Instagram. I like a lot of the Thank you. the messages and it's fun but it's also informative and yeah. playful. Yep. And that seems to be part of you, who you are too. That's who I am. Yeah. You're, I can't take it too seriously, but I do take it sincerely. Well, I think having a sense of play is one of the spiritual attributes that gets uh overlooked a lot. Yeah. And even humor, Michael and I were talking about how sometimes there's not enough humor that's, you know, I guess, emphasized in spirituality. It's very serious. I'm working on myself. <laughs> yeah, especially psychology. Yeah. Like this whole thing of uh, like keep pulling out the weeds, but you never water the flowers. Like you can spend endless hours just saying this is what's wrong. This is what's wrong. But you got to laugh a little bit at it and kind of celebrate what's going right and just see how even if things are going wrong, like there's a there's a lightness in that and a funniness about it, you know. It really pulls you through some dark spaces. Yeah, yeah. Humor humor is hugely important for me, and, and I also think that it's important for sometimes people to take a break. You know that that as far as like working on yourself and it's so a true. lifetime pro. It, it is a lifetime that we are working on ourselves and evolving. I think. Yeah. So Michael has a comment. Yeah, I always tell people, um, do you really understand the last stage of healing? And they look at me and I say, the last stage of healing is to be healed, to, to not need to necessarily do that much more work. You know, you're fine. Go enjoy life, you know. And, and I think sometimes people get so addicted to the healing or sometimes even worse, the healers prey on that. They set such unrealistic expectations for the healing that you never quite achieve it. And then you have to keep coming back to them and paying them more money or making them your guru or, or whatever it may be. And they don't tell you, look, you're fine. You know, that this is normal. You you don't need to be better than this. You know, this is good. And I would say it's like a, a piece of art. You know, if you don't put down the brush, it's never finished, you know. And I had a friend who who'd had dealt with an issue she'd had when she was a child. And and she said, you know, I've been dealing with this issue all my life. Is it always going to be a part of my life? And says, all, as long as you're always working on it, absolutely. How can it go <laughs> away, right? And, and so, like I said, please remember out there, you know, listeners, the last stage of healing is to be healed and and to move on and enjoy your life. Yeah, there's always room for growth, but not obsessing about it. And well, and then also maybe it's about 
healing a particular issue and not sort of beating it to the ground to death. And so let's say there are, you you leave uh, the issue a a much less than it is. Um, What would be a good example? Let's say you have low self-esteem and you work on it, you know, enough that you know you're worthy, but every now and then something still triggers it, but you know what that is. So I, I think that my experience of healing too is that that it becomes less and less whatever that trigger is, and I just apply the tool. Mm-hmm. So then the, the healer has helped me figure the tool that's right for me, and then I go and use it more than once. <laughs> yeah. So I think sometimes people have to have a little be of patient with themselves about using the tools you're giving, and that's some of probably something all healers go through is we can't um, control who's going to use the tool. And if they won't even try it, then it does become frustrating. And for me personally, I won't, you know, I'll stop working with them because I'll even tell them, I said, look, I'm just not helping you. I'm not being effective. It's nothing personal, but, you know, this is not, you know, we've been doing this for five years. <laughs> so, yeah. Because I think you have to give people a lot of room, but at the same time, there are, we are responsible for our healing and our wellness in the long run, who we pick and what we take from it. Absolutely. We need to grow somehow. We need to express ourselves somehow. And the tools we choose for that are infinite. Mm-hmm. So there's always room to grow. Don't get stuck on one. Yeah. And it's good to, you know, try different people, which again, in, in a sense, you know, your website will make it easier to try people and not have to go, you know, again, searching so much to try to get, you know, even if you have the fit somewhat with your questionnaire, they can still have a couple people they might like to try. Yeah, and they can easier. do custom searches yeah. based on a multitude of factors. So what what would you like to sort of leave uh, people with in terms of uh, your project, in terms of wellness, in terms of how you see consciousness right now for everybody or actually for yourself? I guess you can't see it for everybody or you would be probably crazy. <laughs> 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 that would be honestly I, I i know there's a lot of uh there's been a lot of fear and anxiety in the past in the recent past and you know i'm i'm inherently an optimist i see things happening for the betterment of all of us if we know how to see it and we know how to utilize it um, i see things getting better and better you know uh, like i said before we've never seen this much consciousness growing and people getting into self-work and healing ever before in history, you know, um, therapy used to be a taboo word. Now everyone is like, yes, let's get into it. You know, if you're not in therapy, it's like, really, you're not dealing with all that stuff in there. Like what's, (laughs) what are you doing? Um, and so I think it's, that gives me a lot of hope for the future and there's a lot of great opportunity out there and a lot of great support and a lot of great, uh, avenues for awakening like this, uh, this channel, you know, guide true. There's a lot of amazing resources out there. And if anyone has any questions or needs advice, feel free to get in contact. We're here. Well, it is true. There's, we have access to things so easily that we never have, I think in history. And there's actually even other programs, like there's a consciousness TV, which I think is in Britain. They have these long interviews with really interesting guests and topics about, spirituality and consciousness, very brainy, interesting, which I love interviews. And uh, I, so once it's still, you know, building, I can tell. So once you kind of go in, I'm starting to see there are other YouTube channels that are doing something like this. I mean, everyone's unique in terms of their way they do it and what they emphasize and their guests. But I'm, I was hopeful when I saw that because there's, you know, on, there's, of course, there's always going to be that superficial stuff in all areas. And maybe that's what the splitting of the world is about, that I can't worry about people that like to do unboxing tarot card videos <laughs> on YouTube and get a million hits. <laughs> and I guess that whole thing started with little kids opening presents, the unboxing thing, which I think that's important for little kids. Sure. But now everybody does it. <laughs> Everyone's got their entry point. Yes. You know. It's all right. Well, thank you so much for sharing all your insight. We're excited about your business and, you know, I've signed up, so I can't wait to see what happens. And thank you all for listening and joining us. And until next time, keep exploring the esoteric and the obscure with us and without us. We'll see you next time.